Welcome to the Unfuck Your Fitness podcast. I am your host, Christy Castillo, and I'm here to give you real talk and cut the BS so you can actually enjoy building a body you love. I'm a personal trainer obsessed with giving you simple action steps to take you from feeling stuck to feeling sexy. Let's go. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to today's episode. We are doing something a little bit different. I don't think I've ever done this before, but call me crazy. I don't know, maybe. So I asked on my Instagram stories, what do you guys want to hear? What topics can I cover? Make it spicy. They actually weren't that spicy of questions like topics. So if we could do a little better next time, I would appreciate it. But seriously, I asked, you know, what do you guys want to hear? What can I help you with? What questions do you have about me and my journey or even just my life, whatever? And then, you know, things that I can help you with, but also give my spin on. So I got a lot of really good questions today. We are going to be talking about basically the workout side of things. Of course, I got questions about nutrition and just all kinds of things, but I'm going to be talking today about a couple different topics in regards to workouts. We're going to be going over, for example, how to create your own workout schedule, my thoughts, what I do, how to adjust your workout schedule on your period, lifting attire, incorporating cardio rest days, and best equipment for your home gym. So those are a couple of the topics we're going to be talking about today. Hopefully, if I can not ramble on and on and and make this episode super long, because that's a lot of topics, but I kind of just lumped it together in a, you know, kind of a a workout theme. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. Let's dive in. So as far as creating a workout schedule, I believe how it was asked was, Christy, how do you create your workout schedule and how do you recommend creating a workout schedule based on whether I can work out three days a week, four days a week, five days a week? So how I do my workout schedule is currently, well, currently I seem to have adopted this attitude of, I saw a post the other day that was like, nature rests in the winter and we are also supposed to rest in the winter. Like we, we also need rest in the winter. And I'm like, maybe that's why I feel like I don't want to move. I don't want to work out. I don't want to do anything. I just want to like sit in my sweatpants and do nothing. Maybe I'm just resting. I am nature. So I'll be honest and being a little lazy with my workouts right now. And that's totally fine. But generally what I'm, you know, really getting after it, my, what my, my, favorite, like my ideal workout schedule is five days a week, all full body workouts. And I like to do three foundation workouts and two accessory workouts. I'll talk about this in a minute, but that's kind of my sweet spot. I know I like full body workouts. I know I prefer five days a week with two rest days, just going for a walk or stretching or literally doing nothing on those rest days. That's what my ideal schedule looks like. But I realize that we all don't have the same schedule and sometimes our our days can fluctuate. There are times of the year when I pretty much can only work out four days a week. There are times of the year when I really want to move my body seven days a week. I do take my rest days. I don't work out seven days a week, but it depends on the season, right? What you want to keep in mind is, of course, the amount of days that you can work out per week or that you want to, that you're willing to. And then you also want to keep in mind your goals. So when putting together a workout schedule for yourself, those are two things you want to you want to keep in mind is how many days a week can you commit to working out 
commit to working out. Don't just put together a schedule and then not stick to it. If you can only work out three, four days a week, stick to that. It's fine. You can make a lot of progress in three, four days a week. And then also keep in mind, like I said, your goals. If you are, if your only goal is like muscle gain, if you're in a building season, you want to be implementing progressive overload. You want to be doing the same workouts for at least four weeks in a row. And you want to progressively overload, which means lifting heavier weights or, and, or doing more reps. So always progressively doing more week by week by week for four to six weeks. If you are doing progressive overload, like if your goal is muscle gain, if your goal is muscle gain and fat loss, you do not have to implement progressive overload and you do, it doesn't require you to progressively overload week by week by week. This is my own experience. I usually am maintaining my fat loss and gaining muscle. That's kind of where I'm at right now with my own body and my own journey. And I do not implement progressive overload every single week throughout the year. That's just not what I do. So for three days a week, I suggest you do full body workouts because you can't hit it, it period. For three days a week, you should do full body workouts. For four days a week, I also think you should do full body workouts. I love full body workouts. You can also break it up into two upper and two lower body workouts. I struggle personally with upper and lower body workouts. Literally, personally, I struggle with them because I get so bored on upper body days. I just, I decided I can't do it. So I love full body. But another reason I struggle with that is because if you're only doing four days a week, your upper body is going to have more parts technically that you're going to work. You're going to have your back, chest, triceps, biceps, shoulders, core. For your legs, you're going to have hamstrings, glutes, quads, and calves. So there's just less you know, parts of your lower body. So I personally just struggle with that and, you know, call me crazy, but I would have to break it up a little bit differently to, you know, make that work in my brain. Ultimately do what works for you and make it work for five days a week. Like I said earlier, I personally do still full body movements, even though five days a week is plenty of days to mix up all the body parts that I mentioned, all not the body parts, all the muscle groups that I mentioned, But I personally do three days of foundational movements, which are your big muscle group movements, hip thrust, squats, deadlifts, shoulder press, chest press, really big, heavy movements. And then I do two accessory movement days where I work my biceps, lateral raises, uh, my lats, triceps, calves, core, things like that. So you can break it up into, you know, different, you can do chest and back, you can do shoulders and core, you can do hammies, hamstrings and glutes. But I personally just, I don't like that. So I don't do it. So most importantly, do what works for you. That's the biggest takeaway from this part of the episode is do what works for you, but keep those things in mind. If you can work out three days a week, full body, four days a week can be full body or break it up to upper to lower five days a week. You can take those muscle groups and you can break them up as you want to. I personally do full body, some foundational days and some accessory days. That's just in all of these years that I've been working out and creating my own programs, like this is what it looks like for me. And so for my programs, they're all different. Of course, I have, you know, different 
workout programs that I put out. I have a shred. I have a recomp program. They look different because the goal of recomp is to literally change the look of your body. So you are doing some progressive overload and then you are doing some multifunctional movements. For shred, the goal of that program is to lose fat and to shred down. So we don't implement really progressive overload at all in that program because that's not the goal. My fit club clients, that program is different throughout the year. So in the fall and winter months, we are doing progressive overload. We are working on body recomp. We are doing a different kind of workout. And then more so in the spring and summer, we are doing more shred. We are doing a little more movement. We are lifting a little bit lighter. And so I break up my workouts for myself in that form as well, because it takes us through this really seamless cycle of how to build a body and how to make it super simple. So that's how I would suggest to break up your workouts as far as how many days a week you can give to it. Also keep in mind, like what equipment you do have access to, that's going to depend, that's going to make a difference on how you set up your workouts as well. Another question that I got was how to adjust your workout schedule to your period. I personally do not change my workouts, the workout themselves, the workouts themselves when I am on my period, when it's that time of the month and I'm tired and I'm blah, I don't change the workout itself. I will do the same moves. I will just do them slower. I will take more rest. I listen to my body. I lift lighter. I take longer rest periods between the movements and I may even take a day off and just go for a walk and take more rest days. So that's how I personally do it. And that's how I would recommend you do it. Can you alter your entire workout program around your period? Yes. I have done that for people before who are like, I just want to do yoga, uh, Pilates, some stretching, go for walks like the entire week of my period. And that's amazing. That's great awareness. That's really, really good to know that that's what you want to do. In that case, I would suggest lifting heavier right on the weeks where you're able to do that more so in your cycle and then completely altering your workout program to your period if that's something you want to do and if that's something physically you feel like you need to do as far as energy, things like that. I personally don't think that's necessary. If you're seeing accounts out there that are like, you have to alter your you know, workouts to your period. Like for me, I want to be doing the same workouts week after week after week. Like I want to know what I'm doing. My life is crazy enough. Your life is crazy enough. You don't know what's going to hit you on a daily basis, what your kids are going to need help with, what your spouse is going to need help with, what your friends are going to need help with, what's going to fall apart, right, of your day. That's how I'm always like, what's going to fall apart today? Because something is going to go not as I expected. I want my workout routine to be seamless. If I feel like taking an extra rest day, I do. If I feel like resting more between my exercises, I will. If I feel like lifting heavier, and or lighter, I will do that. I just take the workout that's scheduled for me and make it work. I think that's a really good lesson in life. Like take what you're given and figure it out. So moving on to lifting attire, I get a lot of questions about what shoes I wear, things like that. So let's dive into that kind of quickly. I recommend, of course, flat shoes for lifting. That's pretty much all I do. I have my own, my daughter and I actually share a pair of running shoes because I don't run that often. If I'm going for a walk, I will just wear the running shoes. I think they're Brooks. They're really good. But for lifting, I personally, you should only wear flat shoes for lifting. They do make lifting shoes. Nike Metcons are made for lifting. Nike actually has a 
a different style of shoe. I think it has lifting in the title. Shoot, if I can find them, I'll link them in the show notes. But I love Nike Metcons. There's that other brand. It, they really look like Metcons is why it caught my eye, but I think they're just called something lifting. Shoot me a message if you want to know more about those. And then I love to lift in Vans as well. It should have a wide enough toe box that your feet aren't crammed so you have a really good base for your lifts. Think about all your lifting as far as, you know, your squats, steads, you know, things like that where you're literally the base of your body is your feet. So they should have a really wide base. I love knee sleeves. I use the EXO brand, EXO. I need to use them more. I was actually telling my husband this just yesterday or over the weekend that my knees have been kind of bothering me again and I need to be better about wearing my knee sleeves. I always think I just need to wear them when I'm lifting heavy, but that's not true. I mean, I'm 42, so I need to start being more careful with my joints. So I do like knee sleeves and I do recommend those. I do have a lifting belt. I use the Rogue brand. It's cute. It's pink. That's very important to me. I also use gloves every single time I work out. They just help me to grip better. I feel better with them on. So I love gloves. I've used just a brand from Dick's Sporting Goods before. I have some linked in my Instagram bio in my Amazon shopping cart, my shopping store window, whatever it's called. I have some things in there that you can go look at. But right now I'm using some Gymshark gloves. I love those. And I also really like lifting straps. They are, you either just slide them on your wrist and then of course the strap hangs down, you know, your palm and you wrap it around the weight, the barbell, the dumbbell, whatever you're lifting, and it can really help take the pressure off of your wrists. And so those are things that I really like as far as just helping you lift with ease and to keep your body parts protected. Like I said, it's really important to have good form, but it's also really important to take care of yourself. So using the belt is good for your back. Using the knee sleeves, obviously really good for your knees. Any kind of pressure you can take off of your joints, like when you're lifting, right? My bicep should be doing the work on a bicep curl. So if the weight is really heavy and it's really wearing on my wrist, then all the movement is going to my wrist and that's not good for my joints. So be very careful. Don't just fuck around and, you know, be stupid in the gym and lift heavy and try to look cool. Like that's, that's not cool. So get some lifting attire that will really help you out and make your lifts better, make your movements better, make your form better, which will ultimately create a better body for you and longevity. The next thing I want to go over is how to incorporate cardio. (laughs) I get a lot of questions about cardio and people are like, I know you hate cardio, but I love it. So how can I incorporate it? I do very much dislike cardio, but there are times when I also do like to go for walks and go for a run and hop on my walking pad. And like, I do love the feeling that I get after cardio, which is doing cardio. It's actually really hard on my body. It's really hard on my joints. I have some autoimmune issues. They're actually, I think, flaring up right now because it's so freaking cold here in Michigan. But cardio is just really, really hard on my body, nerve-wise, not necessarily just like, oh, it's hard and I don't want to do it. Like, it's hard in different ways. But always do cardio after your lift sessions. If you do cardio before your lift sessions, your muscles will be fatigued, obviously, and you won't be able to push as hard in your lifts. Your lifts is where the magic happens. So keep it fun. If you're running on the treadmill, you can run on an incline, increase and decrease the speed for intervals. I've seen some really crazy things that I don't recommend you do on the treadmill, but just keep it fun, but also 
realize that it's just cardio. Not everything needs to be crazy fun and you don't need to invent the wheel, right? Do some intervals, increase the incline, keep it fun, keep it interesting, but always, always, always do it after your lifts. Rest days. You need at least two rest days from lifting each week. I get a lot of messages about this too. And I believe the question that I got when I asked on my stories was, I really don't like rest days. Now that I started lifting, I love rest days. I don't want to take rest days. You know, why do people say they're so important? You need at least two rest days from lifting. I remember those days where like, I thought I couldn't take a rest day because I thought, go, 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 hustle, 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 right? Your body needs rest days. Forget that hustle mindset for a minute. Like that's a very dangerous mindset in general, but muscle grows at rest. So if you're just lifting and lifting and lifting every single day and you're not giving your muscle groups a break, you will not see the results you're wanting because you're not allowing the tissue to repair. So when you are lifting weights, you're tearing down the muscle and it repairs only at rest. So as long as you continue to tear and repair build the, or work out and rest, the muscle grows if fueled properly. So on rest days, be sure to stretch, go for a walk, a little bike ride, something slow. Do not do intense cardio. That takes the energy away from rebuilding and repairing your muscle, and it puts it towards these cardio workouts. Don't do intense cardio and call it a rest day. Mentally and physically, you need to rest. You deserve rest. You don't have to earn it. You just you deserve rest. You don't have to earn your food and like burn off the calories or anything like that. You are designed to rest and you have to do so. And in order to see the changes in your body that you want, that you're working so hard for, rest days are important. So that's one thing that can hinder you too if you're not eating enough. And if you're not taking a rest day and you're just hustle, 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 seven days a week workouts, that's going to hinder your progress. I had another question about how to, you know, get in movement during the day if you're working a 40-hour week sedentary job. What does that look like? So if you're working a 40-hour a week sedentary job, I understand that that obviously takes a lot of time away from other things and then if you have a family, if you have friends, if you have other things to do, it can make it hard to get to the gym for one thing. So that's when I would probably schedule a 3 to 4-day workout week. I love working out on the weekends. My weekdays are busy. Do I work a 40-hour-a-week sedentary job away from my house? No, but I work a shit ton of hours. So I don't want anyone to think that like people don't work or people aren't busy just because they don't work a 40-plus-hour-a-week sedentary job. Like I don't like that misconception either. But if you are that person, like just work out three to four days a week, try to hit the gym three to four days a week, And then while you are at your job, and I know you're buckled down and you're tied to the desk and you can only have certain break periods, I know that whole corporate world bullshit. So get up, stand up, stretch when you can, take bathroom breaks, walk around the building inside or outside. These are things that I talk to my clients about, like whenever you can get up, if you have a stand-up desk, use it. If you have a walking pad, use it at your desk. Get up, move around when you're on the phone, if you're taking phone calls. Get up, move around your office, move around your home. Whatever you can do to stand up, get moving, take more bathroom breaks. Like I said, walk around the building, go to your car a couple of times a day, walk around your car. I don't care, like get movement in when you can. Take the stairs, 
get up a little bit early. I know that that sucks, but it is what it is. So just kind of take what you're able to do and really, really work with it. Another thing, I, if I were working a 40-hour week sedentary job where I had to drive to the office, sit there all freaking day, get back in my car, drive home, I personally, if I was in a position to prioritize my health and fitness and my workouts and my meal prep and my macros, I'm going to say no to everything outside of work and my goals that I can. I know that probably sounds really shitty, but if I'm asked to volunteer at the school, when my kids were younger, I was a yes man to that. I probably had a little bit more time and I wanted to be there for all their little parties. Right now, when I get asked to volunteer at this school, it's something that I'm like, I'll pass. <laughs> Can I donate some cash instead, right? Because time is something you can't get back. Time is the only thing you can't get back. You can make more money. You know, you can do, you can create more of everything except time. So for me, that would be really important if I would get that movement in during the day. And then on top of that, I'm going to hit the gym for my mental, physical health. I'm going to take care of myself. So I'm going to have to say no to things that don't align with that or that take my time away from, right? So that's another thing that I have my clients look at too is like, if you don't have time to go for a walk during work, like if you don't have breaks, you don't have the ability to stand up, get outside and stretch, make sure that you do have time outside of work to get your movement in. And that's going to mean saying no to other things and other people and other events. And I use the school like volunteer as something just because I know that's relatable. And I know that's something that I get asked to do a lot of. And I used to feel a lot of shame in saying, no, I can't help with that. But now I don't really feel much shame in that because I can't help with that. I don't have time. I want to get my workout in. I want to get my walks in. I want to prioritize other things, my family, my children, right? Like it, it, it just is what it is. So in this situation, in this question of, you know, how can I get movement in? How can I make this health and fitness thing work when I'm working 40 hours a week away from home, sitting down on the job? That's how you can't change the job. So change everything else around it, as well as trying to get movement in while you're at work. But a lot of that, if you can't change it, a lot of that is going to happen outside of the job. So make sure you're being very intentional with your time outside of work. And lastly, let's talk about the best equipment for your home gym. I personally think I get this question a lot because I work out in my gym and I share obviously videos of that on social media. And so people are like, how did you build your home gym? What does that look like? What made you decide to not want to park your cars in your garage and build a gym instead? And we have a huge piece of equipment that we actually got from a local school wrestling club. So it was probably in their weight room. I don't even recall at this point, but it's it's a big piece of equipment with leg press and cables and pull downs. And then we have a squat rack and then we have a full dumbbell rack. So we have really built out a pretty decent size with good equipment, enough equipment anyway. Of course, we'd always like more, but I always say, start with the basics, start with the basics. You can make a shit ton of progress physically with dumbbells and a glute loop and booty band. Those are two basics. And that's what we started out with as well. We started out with really small adjustable dumbbells and some resistance bands and, you know, a yoga ball to lean back on because we didn't have benches. So dumbbells, glute loops, and booty bands are number one. Then I would move to resistance bands. I don't love resistance bands myself, but some people love them. So I put them in there. Resistance bands, meaning the long ones with the handles or the loops. 
Ankle weights, I love, very versatile. A step is really good to have for reverse lunges, for heel elevated hip thrust, things like that. It gives you a little bit of a different angle on things. And I really, really think the step is very versatile. Also, the stuff is pretty cheap. And then a wedge for elevating your heel. I literally think it's called a heel wedge, but I love that thing. Then I would move up to, so those are things you can have that are just pretty cheap. They they don't take up a lot of room in your home and you can get very, very good workout with those things. If anything, increase your dumbbells. You don't need different equipment. You need more dumbbells. But once you have enough, then you could move up to a a barbell and a squat rack if you have room for that. Kettlebells. I personally don't have any kettlebells, but I think they are really good for the range of motion for your wrist. So if you love kettlebells, definitely grab some of those. But that's all I would recommend, honestly. I mean, we have our you know leg press machine, like I said, and cables. That's a good thing to get if you also have the room and the money. I think a cable machine would be absolutely great, but those things aren't necessary. I have a really hard time saying to purchase things that aren't necessary. I don't use the cables very often, I'll be honest, and I just love dumbbells. And maybe I should use the cables more often. They're probably better for my knees, better for my elbows, joints, things like that. I don't know. Maybe they're not, but I just don't use them very often. But the basics are fine. I want you to know that they're actually preferred. I prefer them. More equipment doesn't make it better. More equipment won't make you more fit. Literally owning more equipment won't make you more fit. It won't make you even get out of your, <laughs> get your ass out of bed to use it, right? You have to follow a plan. You have to follow a progressive overload. You can add pauses. You can add half reps to make it harder. So you don't always need more stuff, heavier weights, you know, more equipment. You don't always need the fanciest things that everything's coming out with. You can decrease your rest time. All of those little things matter. I had a really hard time the end of my journey of being a beach body coach Every single program they came out with required that you purchase a new piece of equipment, like a new tool. It was always something that you had to purchase to go along with the program that they were selling you. And it seemed like they made it, they made you feel like if you don't have this piece of equipment and or this next program, like this is the next best thing. And how could you possibly get fit without having a step in your home gym? And it just, for me... That seemed so wrong because I personally knew that I changed my entire body with my the first program we ever did with just dumbbells. I don't even think I had resistance bands or a glute loop at that. I know I didn't have a glute loop. I didn't even know what that was. So I completely changed the look of my body with my nutrition changes in my nutrition and dumbbells. That's it. So it was like the more that we kept coming out with these programs and saying like you need this piece of equipment, you need this piece of equipment. I just thought every time I was like, bullshit, you don't need that piece of equipment. You don't need every single level of resistance band. Like you don't need more things. You need consistency. You need to get your ass out of bed and do the thing. You need to follow a program. You need to make sure you're taking rest days. You need to make sure you're doing cardio after your lifts. You need to make sure you're doing the right thing, not purchasing more stuff. So that's my tips for best equipment for your home gym is dumbbells first and then a glute loop booty band and then everything else. I think just having the littlest things can make a big difference. The ankle weights, you can get in two, three, and five pounds. You can actually obviously put those on your ankles for things like kickbacks. Just even walking around helps with your balance. 
helps with things that you don't even think about just having those on sometimes when I'm working out, I don't want to take them off. And I'm like, man, everything's harder, obviously with ankle weights on, you can actually put those on your wrists too. So if you have 10 pound dumbbells and you don't have anything higher than that, throw some five pound ankle weights on your wrist and curl a 10 pound dumbbell. And now you've got 15 pounds. So you can be very, very creative with things like that. You can add resistance bands to the dumbbells and then like step on the bottom of it and it adds more resistance at the top of a movement like a bicep curl. And so you can really, really be creative with things. I I hope that it's coming across how much I really don't think you need more equipment in your home gym. Keep it very simple. The people that are the most fit, literally the most fit, use very basic equipment. If you think about, you know, in terms of just as many, so many exercises you can do with just a barbell or just dumbbells or just kettlebells, right? The ankle weights, the step, the wedge, those are just things that you can, you know, heel elevated movements are really good for getting deeper in a squat, getting deeper in a lunge, getting deeper in those movements to work those muscles a little bit differently. And I really like that. I really like to work my muscles a little bit differently with the same movement because my muscles used to that. I have muscle memory. My body knows how to how to execute a squat and a lunge and a deadlift. And I want you, those are functional movements. I want you to be able to execute those movements so freaking well that your body just has muscle memory and you don't get injured when you're just bending down. You hear people say that all the time. I tweaked my back and all I did was bend down to pick up my kid's toy. Well, if you had been working out and your body knew how to bend down properly, aka deadlift, and pick something back up, you that wouldn't have happened, right? But when you can step on a step or step on a wedge and elevate your heels and or your toes, it makes that muscle work a little bit differently. And like that's where the magic happens. So I don't do anything super freaking creative. I use the basic equipment and that really, really works. And that's, that's what I want you to know. So the best equipment for your home gym are things that I mentioned, things that you need for your workouts that you can create if you want to and use the formula that I mentioned earlier in the episode. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode all about workouts, different things, answering different questions. As usual, I will put a story box in my stories on Instagram or question box. And you can ask me questions over there, but feel free. I get messages all the time. Like, Hey, I have an idea for an episode. I actually have one screenshotted from I think last week that I'm going to be talking about here in a couple weeks and I'm excited. So I love hearing from you and love hearing which episodes that you really, really liked. And then I also like to know what you'd want to learn because I love to teach and give you my thoughts on things. So hope you love this episode. I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to today's show. Go ahead and leave a rating and a review. And of course, follow the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And I would love it so much if you came to connect with me over on Instagram at Christy Castillo Fit. I will see you next time.